0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Alchemist, a podcast for creatives by a full time creative. I am your host, Sulinette. You may call me Sulinette. If you are already a monthly supporter, thank you so much. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter and help me keep doing what I do, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash The Creative Alchemist. Thanks again. Hey, you. Most, if not all, of the special episodes you'll be listening to over the next several weeks will be me interviewing pals that have been storytellers in the past for my show, A Little Bit of Death. A Little Bit of Death is an annual storytelling show that centers BIPOC and queer voices around the themes of grief, letting go, and transformation. Storytellers share parts of themselves and their journey in a multitude of ways, and it's always a beautifully heavy night full of healing in a community space. This year, I was invited to present at a summit pertaining to the work I do with A Little Bit of Death. Woohoo! So, I thought, who better to join me in speaking on it than the pals that have actually gone through the process. I reached out to some and asked if I could interview them on their experience with the show, what impact it had, what they shared, and why sharing these stories matter. Art is a form of storytelling. With their permission, I'm sharing the audio with you from those interviews that I'll be using for my presentation at the Summit. One of the last episodes I had recorded before my latest break was about following and following through on your wild ideas. A Little Bit of Death was one of those wild ideas for me, and it's blossomed since the first show seven years ago. This year, it'll be held over two nights in Hartford, Connecticut at Carriage House Theater on the evenings of Friday, November 11th, and Saturday, November 12th. I thought I'd drop these special episodes leading up to the show this year, and I hope you enjoy them and, obviously, join us at the show. So today you're going to be hearing me interviewing Kyone Wolf. Kyone Wolf, whose pronouns are she, her, hers, is the host of Audacious on Connecticut Public Radio. I was on there recently, interviewed by Kyone, you should go check that out. And on Audacious. Kion explores our human conditions and challenges the limitations of our personal perspectives. You can find Kion anywhere <laughs> by using the handle Kion Wolf, spelled C H I O N W O L F. Enjoy.
1: I love that lady. I hear her all the time.
0: Ah, oh, same Z's, same Z's. Um so let's hop right into it. I guess from the beginning uh how did you first even hear about a little bit of death? I first heard about a little bit of death on the social medias
1: probably from you. Um and I remember <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved thinking about death and so I thought what is this? This looks pretty cool and uh yeah and then I went to one at the carriage house theater. That's just down the street from me and
0: really loved what you were doing. So that's how I first heard about it. Mm. You said you were already interested in death. Could you tell me more about that and how it related to uh, your interest being peaked in a little bit of death? Yeah.
1: I i I'd always been interested in death in the, in the way that I, I know a lot of human beings are. There's just, there's this, it's the one thing we know. <laughs> it's the one thing we know is going to happen. And we also have all these fears around it customs around it, hopes about it. It's a lot of really amazing things to wonder about it. And I feel sometimes that the way that we try to make sense of this thing we know to happen, but don't know what, if anything will happen after, it it says so much about us. It says so much about what we fear, what we want. (laughs) It says a lot about what we want. (laughs) Um, And I've, I've just always been really compelled by it. And so, yeah, when I saw that you were doing a little bit of death, first of all, great name, great name uh, and a great concept, because my understanding is that it's always just been open to that interpretation, like congratulations, you're going to be on a little bit of death and you get to contribute in a way that is meaningful to you and you only. And that is, it sounds pretty liberating
0: and beautiful and exciting to me. I thank you. So congratulations. You were selected to be part of a little bit of depth this past year. How did that feel? Uh, like, tell me about the process uh, in the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you invited me, you invited me to be on as though I would say, as though it were a possibility, I would say no, when we went out to dinner to talk about it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm in. <laughs> you were like, phew! <laughs> This is such a beautiful project, there's no doubt. I, your work speaks for itself, the show speaks for itself. I wanted to be in as soon as you uttered the words to me. So uh, it was exciting. And also the timing of it was wild because uh, it was not long after I, I my wife had left me after not even a year of marriage. She had an affair with the woman who was our friend and next door neighbor during a pandemic <laughs> so it was incredibly fresh and i was really struggling with stories and how much i hated them all of them i hated the good stories i remembered from our our six years together and i hated the images flashing in my head of this information that was so completely inconceivable um and shocking and uh, my heart felt like that siren in the background if you can hear it all the time and um so there was so much going on with me and i really when i when I thought about the way I could participate in this, what I had to say about death was my near compulsion with trying to kill all of the stories because there's this quote that is a part of my piece um, by Byron Katie, who's this big thinker. And she said, peace is who you already are without a story, that sort of eternal presence, that eternal now that I wanted that and I thought I could get that by killing the stories but then I spent a good 16 minutes on stage wrestling with all of those stories trying to kill them and figure out if I can't kill them what do I do with them so that was my
0: death and a little bit of death Mm. what was the process like for you in preparation before getting onto that stage or in the weeks leading up to the show. Well, I started with a fresh, clean Google Doc, which is how I start everything.
1: And um <laughs> it's funny, the the journal entries that I was writing during this painful divorce and afterwards, I had it labeled as like Lamont Budget, because you know we have talk shows, and <laughs> if anyone happened to see it, somehow they wouldn't click on it because it's Lamont Budget. <laughs> anyway. Um, So I started with a fresh, clean Google Doc and um, just started writing from the heart. But what was cool about this piece was I love writing and I've always been a writer. And for this piece, because I knew it would be performed and I knew it was something where I didn't have to stay in the confines of here's the beginning of the story to the end of the story. Here's before and here's after. Um, And I don't know why I knew that I could have that freedom. I have a feeling it was the way that you... um, your energy fills up the space that made me feel like I don't have to do what everybody else does because Suleenat never does. So let me, let me twist it up in a beautiful way. And so it's not a beginning to end story. As I was writing it, I noticed that there were some themes that repeated almost like choruses, um, in terms of the storyline. And, uh, it jars you throughout the entire piece, uh, in time and also in emotion and memory. And I liked I liked seeing where that went. I liked playing with storylines that way. And I felt free to. um, And then leading up to it, I rehearsed it with you. I felt nervous, uh, but also confident. I I can trust myself and my work. But also this is a a writing that I hadn't tried before and a thing that is so on fire uh, in me presently. Like I was still bleeding as I was on stage that night. And um, what really struck me was I was actually... There was a rehearsal beforehand, uh, the night before, and I thought I would hold my emotions until the actual reading, because I, I do love being on stage. That, that lights me up with a sort of intensity and presence that I can't get anywhere else. I, I'm, I'm utterly myself, no matter who I talk with, but being on stage is a different, it's like a deep, you know what I'm, you might know what I mean, Zulinette, the sort of like um, bigger you that you step into, you have access to when you are being seen by people in that format. So I thought I was gonna be able to hold my emotions for the performance, but being with my fellow castmates and you, Sulinette, in the rehearsal, I there was, there was no choice but to feel um, in the presence of you all in that delicate sharing space because everybody else was showing up and also to some extent leading um with all the rest of us so it was actually quite beautiful to have that rehearsal and then when the time came for the show uh don't get me wrong it was really really powerful but it's nothing like that first time speaking those words to a group of people it was very meaningful
0: to me (sighs) I'm, I'm reacting a lot on my end, and I'm glad that I get to edit out that I'm over here like reacting on my end, but yeah. <laughs> I think people would like to see that, but go on. <laughs> I'll tell them in the presentation, it's okay oh, <laughs> yeah. You will, you um, can hold back. But you're talking about like bleeding in front of folks and um, something that that I'll obviously be sharing with folks is that this is never recorded. The show is never recorded. The show is never, it dies and it is intended to die. And so um, I guess one, did that make a difference to you knowing that there would be this like shared privacy within, in this space being held by community? And um, because I know you have presented and done shows in front of so many folks Um, and the work that you do is recorded and it is sharing and it is sharing these stories publicly. Um, What was it like to share this in that sort of space? Did it make a difference to you? I did record
1: it. Uh, There was a microphone in front of me that I brought and uh, a little machine it plugs into and I recorded it and I have since sent it to people. a few new friends that I've made since I'm so outspoken about my personal life and I always have been, uh, which is why it was one more reason why it was foolish of her to do what she did because she knows, she knows how I am. I talk about anything. I'm sort of exhibitionistic in that way. Um, And so uh, I did share it with some new friends that I made uh, who came to me for advice and to go for walks, who'd both been divorced and needed someone to talk to and who also had been through um, infidelity and affairs uh, who I could talk to and talk with about their stories. And I would send them, the name of the piece is called Hello Beautiful. And I would send them Hello Beautiful uh, to tell them basically what happened because telling it over and over again was, I mean, I still do in its own way, but um, taxing, sometimes useful and sometimes taxing. And so I would use it almost as a welcome to the story. This should tell you most of everything you need. but i will say um, knowing that the no knowing that the event was not to be recorded by anybody and nobody was going to be like my let me start over i was able to record mine because i could i had your permission and i wanted to but knowing that for everybody else and me if i wanted to the recording didn't have to see the light of day at all um knowing that it was protected and that's what it feels like it's protected I can't think of any other time where you do anything in public and it's not recorded now of days right like it's just not how it goes and so that sort of freedom and safety makes for some really powerful stories and a lot of um intimacy between the person on stage who's saying the hard words, the funny words, the beautiful words, the words that really matter to them in this context, between them and the people who are in the room who bought a ticket to a show called A Little Bit of Death. <laughs> I mean, it's self-selecting because a certain, certain kind of person's gonna buy that ticket. Uh, but the intimacy that, that privacy allows for, I think is what makes the show singular.
0: Oh, thanks for that. Who <laughs> you know? You were, we're up there. You continued bleeding a bit. You were surrounded by community. What happened right after? How did you feel right after? There's applause. You have people crying. I know that for a fact that people were crying because I was in the audience watching as well. What was that first breath like after you were done?
1: There's not a lot of ceremony around divorces, infidelity, uh, affairs. The ending of something you thought was for the rest of your life. And my marriage only lasted a year. It was so shocking. And there's just no ceremonies for that. There's like no balloons that say sorry about your wife having an affair with next-door neighbor during a pandemic. I mean, maybe there will be. Maybe that's mine. If this public radio thing doesn't work out, I'm going to go into <laughs> alternate balloon making mode. Anyway, there's not a lot of ceremony for this kind of pain and this kind of death. And as soon as the lights went down and the song came up, it felt cathartic. It felt like the ceremony had completed, had done its job. I felt shaky. (laughs) That was a scary thing to do. That was a very scary thing to do. I'm not normally scared to go on stage, but that was, I've never been more vulnerable since or or after. And so woo, the uh, adrenaline was amazing. And, um, the community, It's funny, you know that you know community is important. Like you know, but you don't really know until you go through something really hard, and the people in your life show up in the ways that only they can, and it adds up in really remarkable ways. And Sulinette, know it or not, uh, this was you coming through for me and giving me this this outlet. So yeah, stepping off that stage, reaffirmed reaffirmed my my love for my community
0: and my community's love for me. I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> it's okay. Let me know if you need a pause. <laughs> this is what you do, this is what you do. This is what you do, so like that. I've heard, I've been told, I've been yelled at. Um. <laughs> Speaking of community, there was a talk back at the end, but even outside of that talk back with the folks that were there in the room that night, Have you heard, um, have you heard from folks what impact your story has had on them from a little bit of death?
1: Yeah, there have been a few people who um, have come up to me in the months since, and it always jars me a little bit. Um, Some of them, like I I remember they were in the room, um, but I didn't really think about it. and so, you know, one of them came up to me after a church service, because I started going to churches, not to find religion or anything, but because this house felt like a crime scene and I couldn't stay in it. I didn't wanna, I wanted to get out of it, but I had, so I started going to churches on Sunday mornings, different houses of worship actually throughout the city, just to meditate. And um, back then everybody was wearing masks. And so it was great because I could go to these churches, I could meditate and nobody could tell I was sobbing through the mask because the mask doesn't, it just looks like my eyes are closed and. I look very just present, um, but I'm really sobbing. And so it was it was cathartic <laughs> to go to churches and other houses of worship. And uh, there was one, it was after one uh, visit to a church where one of the people who had seen a little bit of death um, came up to me with her husband and she's a very expressive and sincere person. And she just gave me the biggest hug and introduced me to her husband. And she said, you know, what you've what you've come through is just so uh, powerful. And she started reaffirming, like, when I see you, I see just a bright light and just a huge future in front of you and, and saying all the things like, I felt like a, a little kid in a way, in a great way. Like, yeah, please reassure me. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> you, you heard my whole story, my whole story. And you're telling me this, that you think I have a bright light and a powerful future? Yeah, I, I need to hear that. And so that was, that was a really great moment. And a few other people came up to me um, just, just to say thanks. And that they'd been through something similar too, Um, especially one woman who I, I've seen around um, for years and I hadn't realized that she'd been through something similar. And so that you just never, it's cliche, but you really never know what people are going through until they speak the words and then hear the words back.
0: I guess a big broad wrap-up question would be what impact has a little bit of death had on your life since? What's life been like since a little bit of death? <laughs> Shall I say a little bit of life, a little bit of after death. <laughs> <laughs> a, little of after 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 death a little bit life. of
1: after death. <laughs> yes. That's the name of your presentation. Life after a little bit of death.
0: <laughs> I've already named it. I can't change it now. It's <sighs> called it's called social work, but make it art. Okay, that's good too. Yeah, no,
1: that's true. The next time. because yes. This won't be the last one. It, that's true. It
0: could also maybe
1: there's a subtitle. Anyway. Life after a <laughs> bit. You can do whatever you want, you silly net.
0: I will I will nickname it that and then we'll officially name the next one life after a little bit of that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um
1: life well, I could say it in my answer. <laughs> Life after a little bit of death has been hard and transformative. (laughs) I went 41 years without really having anything go wrong, without really any big surprises or scary things. That's a long time. That's a whole life of not building those tools. Or seeing um, that which in you, which is indestructible, as Pema Chodron says. Um, And now I'm beginning to figure out how to tell the story from a healthier place. Now that I'm feeling better, now that I'm looking forward more than I'm looking back. Um, it does feel like a new era. I will say that life after a little bit of death has opened up a great deal of creativity for me because writing it in the way I did knowing I had this particular freedom to write it and compose this piece in the way that I did just by the nature of how you run this show um, made it so I could be more creative with the work on my public radio show made it so I could be more creative with my personal letters to my friends with the events that I put on at at my home. Um, There's no verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus in life, uh, and there shouldn't be. And this project helped remind me that there's always other ways to do stuff and it can feel really, really good.
0: Well, with that being said, (laughs) (laughs) i am leaving the floor open to you and inviting you in to say if there's anything that i didn't ask you or if you have anything else that you'd want to share that's on your heart pertaining to a little bit of that process uh yeah the floor is yours and then after that we can wrap this thing up and do the human thing oh shit
1: Yeah. um, Thanks. Uh, Thanks for this opportunity. And you know what, like, I really, really look forward to saying that I was in an early version of a little bit of death, like the early ones, (laughs) because it'll just grow in all the ways that it will, and people will take this opportunity like I did at that table with you when you invited me and be like of course of course of course I've been waiting my whole life to talk about death yeah I'm in there will be many of them and I look forward to uh showing off
0: how early I got on those stages I've been waiting my whole life to talk about death. oh you know I got you (laughs) Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sulynet. You can check out the rest of my life at Sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and support it with a monthly subscription by clicking on this episode's description or by visiting anchor.fm slash alchemist. Thank you to our current supporters. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.